0: wow follow that (laughs) you know they sang it this morning it's the first time I've heard them sing it I've heard the song before and I was just blown away did anybody else read the words like they are incredible so so powerful and you know as the worship team sang and played you could feel the power and the passion because of the reality of Jesus to them And the reality of creator God. And I've sat and heard it a second time in the space of an hour and a half. And it blew me away as much as the first time. And you know what really struck me? Uh, One of the lines where it says, here we are face to face. Creator God. Here we are face to face. That we can be in his presence today today. And we can be face to face with God Almighty because of what Jesus did at the cross. That we're not removed from him face to face. Tony talked about the cross this morning. And when, I, when I, I, I heard that line again this afternoon, I was like, here we are face to face. That blows my mind. I'm so thankful for the cross. I'm so thankful for the position I have because of Christ. I'm so thankful that I am an heir. (laughs) That I am an heir. Anybody else? Wow. Wow. Wow, we don't need to sit in this meeting today in a place of defeat. Because if we know Jesus, we are in a place of victory. We are overcomers. We are not defeated. And often I know me, I can sit in a place of defeat. But then I have to turn myself around. I have to renew my mind. I have to get in good company of those people who will speak to me. I have to encourage myself in the Lord. I have to see the things that he's done. I have to read the word of what he's spoken over me. And remember who I am in Christ. Who I am in Christ. You know, if it's your first time here today, you'll see we're a very passionate church. You'll see that the house is full of joy. That we don't believe in just letting the hour and a half roll by because it's just something we do once a week. That we're here intentionally and purposefully. Because as we gather together and worship him, as we gather together face to face before him, as we gather together and we sit and listen to the word, we are intentional about what's going to happen every time we walk through those doors. You know, I would encourage you today to have your moment with him today. None of us need to leave the same way we walked in. The longest person saved in this room, I would think, is Pastor Tina. And I would say, I don't think you're ever going to come to a point where the Lord can't change you and can't speak to you. I don't think that that Tina or Stella would walk into a room and think that being in the presence of God was no big deal. I don't think they would ever come to a place where they would feel, well, I'm not going to go out any different. There is always more. Let's lean in today. Let's have our moment. Let's be intentional about our moment. Let's be determined. You know, I can have the key. I am, if you're new and don't know us, well, not, not just me, Barry did play a part in this. We are parents of five children. So I was like, I am a mom of five children. We. Um, and in fact, to prove the point, I realized that just before I got up, I looked at my trouser leg and realized that my six-year-old has eaten a Kinder Bueno on the front row and there was melted chocolate and I sat on it. So then that's when you know that you're a mum, right? Because you're getting up to speak on the platform with Kinder Bueno on your jeans. So, but I've got five children and often, and I remember as a child myself, when I'm with my mum and my dad, I have the keys to unlock something that they want. I have an answer for them but they don't always want to take the answer. There are times they will avert their eyes from me. (laughs) Times my mum used to shout, because my full name is Rachel Victoria, Rachel Victoria Cooper. as She was in her bedroom and I was going up the stairs, and I'd be like, oh, if I don't move, she won't know. (laughs) But the answer is there. The times with my children, they think I'm going on, maybe sometimes I am. Maybe they think, oh, you're telling me something I already know. Mom, be quiet. But yet they're still searching for an answer. And I would say for us, in this meeting this afternoon, let us be determined to have our moment. Let us not be sat there thinking, well, I've heard all this before. Let us not be sat there averting our eyes when God really clearly kind of saying, this is the answer. This is the answer because the answer is in here today because we're going to go to the word of God. And everything we have need of is in him. And so let us be people that lean in, that are intentional, that are eager to progress from A to B, to walk out different to how we walked in. If we avert our eyes to what God is showing us, then we will walk out the same way that we walked in. That's our choice. But I would say let's have our moment face to face with him, face to face as he's speaking. And that might look different for all different kinds of people. Maybe you've walked in, you don't even really know God, you've just heard about him. Maybe you're here and you've been saved for 60 years but he's got something today. And let us lean in. The moment happens when we take a hold of it. So, when I give my children the keys and the answer to something they want, the change only happens when they take hold of it and receive it and they action it. If there isn't that connection where they take hold of it and do an action with it, then it's lost. And today, with what God is speaking to us, you know, I love the fact that God doesn't make things difficult for us. In the Garden of Eden, he said, I've done all this for you. You are under my protection. I have provided everything you need. Just don't touch the tree. It was dead simple. He didn't make it complicated. Dead easy. Just don't touch the tree. And as we open God's word today, it's going to be easy. It's going to be straightforward. So if you're sat there thinking, listen, I am really uneducated in the Bible. Listen, I, I don't really, you know, I, I only became a Christian a few weeks ago. That's all right, because the Bible is full of uneducated people who saw him face to face. And they had their moment. Everything changes. Everything changes. You know, throughout the Bible, it, it talks uh, about uh, the similarity between physical And spiritual, it will use physical analogies like running a race and things like that. And my subject this afternoon is discipline. Tony's this morning was sacrifice. It's a really glorious day. Nobody likes the two words, sacrifice and discipline, and we've got them, right? But I'll tell you something. When Tony said this morning about him speaking on sacrifice, I thought, I wonder what people think about that, because it can be quite a heavy word. What a cracking message. I'll tell you something, because through Jesus, it's always freeing. There's always freedom. There's always freedom. So right the way through that message of sacrifice, it was all about freedom. It was all about who we are in Christ. It was all about the fact that we can nail things to the cross. And I'm talking today about discipline. Now, some of you will know that we went to France for Christmas. It was a very last-minute rush trip, a very surprise trip. And we went to meet family that we, five weeks previous, didn't even know existed, Right? It was a, yes, the story will be told one day. And so I suddenly realized I'm going to meet family that I've never met before. I need to get my act together and I need to tone up. (laughs) Right. <laughs> as practical as that is, right? So do you know what? I'm like, right, okay. So I start this video, The 30 Day Shred by Gillian Michaels. I, I I, am not even sure that God could possibly love this woman. She's so hardcore and she shouts at you and everything like this. So I'm like really like, okay, yeah, we're going to do this. Like I am drinking that much water. I'm almost drowning my insides, right? Because apparently water makes you lose, quit- lose weight quicker. So I'm like, right, I've got like about two weeks to do this. I'm drowning myself in water. I'm I've got me tra- dust my trainers off. Thirty day shred. Out come the lady weights. Anyone remember when Barry bought me lady weights? But here he is. here he is. Look at this. Look at this little bit of fitness equipment. These. Oh, that's not that. Yes, that's Paul. That's not my husband. My husband was the one that got it before. So Barry very kindly last year said he bought me a gift. I'm thinking, okay, a ring. <laughs> <laughs> a necklace, a pair of boots. I'm like, oh, you've got me a gift. Flowers. I'd have settled for flowers. Didn't even need to be anything expensive. I said, what well, have you bought me, love? Lady weights. <laughs> Lady that's what he called him? Lady weights. I'm like, oh wow. Wow, thanks, love. Um, okay. Barry calls him the gift that keeps on giving. And um, so I've got my lady weights ready. This isn't needed for later because when I was intentional about my physical discipline, I didn't need that because I was going hardcore with Jillian Michaels' 30-day shred. That is it. So I didn't need things help me. I was going hardcore. So she gave this promise. She said, "After day 10, you will start to see change." All right, thought we can do that. So. I, I progressed from the weights from this one uh, to this one. We didn't get to the end. <laughs> we didn't get to the bottom row, because I repair for you. So, and I'm like, day 10, you know what? I could, I could tell change. My face was slimmer, everything. I don't know whether, it, whether it's to do with the amount of water I was drowning myself in, but it was I'd, It was all working. I'm like, day 10, yeah, this is great. Day 11, got a little bit big for my boots. I thought, whoa, look at this day 11. I'm going to look fantastic in France. And then everything changed because I'd seen progress, but then I didn't want to put the discipline in to day 30 because I was just satisfied with what I got. So I decided instead of doing the 30 day shred, I would bring this out. This is strategically placed at the end of our bedroom next to the lady weights. I'm sure it's, so every time I go to the bathroom, I see it. I'm sure it's something to do with Barry. Um, this is called the ab trimmer, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I get, let me tell you. You know why he's saying that? I said to Barry, Paul was getting out of the car before. I was like, I'm going to do some sit-ups on stage. Afternoon. He went, you are not. Because he, see, he sees what I look like when I do sit-ups. <laughs> so I changed from the 30-day shred because by day eleven, I felt fantastic because I was seeing a bit of progress, and I changed to the ab trimmer. You see, because the ab trim is a little more comfortable. You have a nice cushioned headrest. Can you see? You have armrests so that your exercises aren't too strenuous, and you can feel nice and comfortable and nice and cozy. I didn't get very far. The progress I'd made in those first eleven days started to go. And so we went to France, me not completing my 30-day shred. I was so intentional at the beginning over my discipline. I downloaded it on my iPad. So when I was in France, I was still going to do the 30-day shred. Like, I was that intentional. about. I was gonna, I thought, well, they're all talking. I'm in a family reunion. I'm just going to slip in the bedroom for 20 minutes. I'm going to do my 30-day shred every day. I was so convinced. Needless to say, I went to France not completing my daily discipline that I'd set out. So my current discipline is that I wake up in the morning and I look to the end of my bedroom and I see my ad trimmer and I see my lady weights and I turn my iPad on and avert my eyes to Jillian Michaels who opens up on my screen saying, come back and do the 30 day shred. Come back and do the 30 day shred. And I'm like, is somebody speaking to me? somebody's somebody speaking to me? And that's my current discipline either way I had a discipline my discipline prior to going to France was that I was going to do this 20 minutes every day then my discipline came to I'm still going to do it but because I've already progressed I'm just going to do it a little bit cozier because believe it or not when you lay on that you can watch the telly as well and have a rest in between because of the headrest Then I progress to, I'll have a look at them, and I'll contemplate it, and then I'll go, maybe tomorrow. Or I'll sit there, and I'll remember what it was like. I'll reminisce about the days when I was doing it. You think I'm joking. Like, I'm being serious. And when I was thinking about this, And about where my current discipline at. Because sometimes what we think is our discipline is when we're doing things in the right direction. What we don't understand is that when I am sat looking at these things and doing absolutely nothing with it, I am disciplining myself to do nothing. It's still a discipline. I'm either disciplining myself to action or I'm disciplining myself to nothing. Either way, I am disciplining myself. I am setting my mind and motivating myself to do something or to do nothing. On both occasions, I had a discipline, and I was intentional about both of them. One, I was intentional for action. One of them intentional about nothing. And we have a discipline either way in what we do. And I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, how often we can be like this spiritually. Oh, my gosh, like... That's a bit heavy doing it all together. How often we can be like that spiritually. We can have been to a conference. We can have had a great meeting here. We can listen to a podcast. And we're absolutely on fire. I've never come home from a church camp or a church conference not inspired and on fire. And I feel like I've grown. And then suddenly what happens is I change to the ab trimmer. Because I think, oh, I don't need to keep that level of reading the Bible up. I'm doing really well. I don't need to keep that level of prayer up. I'm doing really well. Till in the end, my discipline is thinking about doing it, but still wanting answers and results. You see, discipline, the discipline we're talking about today is self-discipline. You know, discipline is about loving someone. Discipline in the right way is a loving thing. Now, when you're a kid, it doesn't feel like it. But when we have to discipline our children, and now as 43, I realize when my mum disciplined me, she actually was doing it out of love to keep me on the right path. And when we do it with our children, we're doing it to keep them on the right path. Discipline comes across as a negative thing but actually it's a positive. Discipline is a loving and a positive thing. So self-discipline is exactly the same. It's where we are investing in ourselves for something greater, believing that there is a greater call, believing that there is a greater purpose. And when we begin to self-discipline spiritually, it's because we are investing. Self-discipline is a love for ourselves, and I don't mean that in a wrong way. But it's in realising there is more. It's in realising and seeing yourself as God sees you. Realising that there is a plan for your life and wanting to achieve them. But if we're not intentional about doing something, we'll be intentional about doing nothing, but we'll still want answers. And the answers are not going to come through doing nothing. Or we will get a quick fix solutions that will not last. And a new year will go. And then you'll go, all right, okay, 20, what we in 2019, 2020, that's it. That is the year for me. But unless we're intentional about doing something, unless we're intentional about self discipline over our spiritual lives, unless we're intentional about not just being fired up after a church camp or a conference or a podcast or a preach. Unless we're intentional about that fire that rises within us, investing in that and seeing it through and keeping going and keeping going and putting more and investing more. It becomes nothing. You know, there is a struggle. There's a conflict between what we know we should do and what we choose. And you might be sat here saying, Vicky, you don't realize I really want this to happen, but there is something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. I can't do it. I don't think anybody else has this struggle that I have. I know what I want to do, but it just doesn't happen. There's two voices, and they're at one another. I want to read you some, some verses out of the Bible that will explain what this is. It says, Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, The sinful nature, so that's the flesh, that's who you are that's, you know, who you are, those things that aren't, that aren't um, uh, godly, those things that, those kind of things that you have carried with you since being a child, the sinful nature of the flesh. This says in this translation, wants to do evil. We're going to say wants to do wrong because in what we're talking about at the moment is evil. You could think, "Whoa, I don't do evil. But so it says the sinful nature of flesh Wants to do wrong. Now you might be having a light bulb moment and thinking, that's it, that's what happens to you and me. Which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. The flesh side of us doesn't want us to be all that God has designed us to be. The flesh side of us does not want us to be free. The flesh side of us wants us to be in shame. The flesh side of us wants us to be bound. The flesh side of, of us wants of, of us wants us to be in fear. But this is what it says in Galatians, and the Spirit gives us desires, So it's not that you're going to have to try and conjure up, and I'm going to try and conjure up good desires. If we know the Spirit, if we know the voice of God, those desires for good and godly things are in us. So God isn't saying, well, this is what your flesh desires, and you're going to have to work it out and find something good. No, 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 he's saying, I've put it in you. Rachel, I've put it in you. The Spirit has put desires in you. In you for good and godly things. They're already there. They're already there. It's about choosing what we walk out. It's a choice. It says, renew your mind daily. You know, this week, one of the days this week, I had to renew my mind again. I had to renew my mind and say, no, no, no. I am going to choose to walk out the calling of God on my life. I am going to choose to walk out everything that he has designed for me to be. The Spirit had already put it in me. But I had to make sure that voice was louder than the other. And that was something that I had to do. The Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. So when those feelings come up, whatever your struggle may be, when those feelings come up, it's about knowing the truth of, okay, this is rising up, this voice is shouting out to me. But the word of God says that within me, the spirit, the spirit of God has put desires in me that will be opposite to that. And that is what we need to action. That is what we need to stir up and say, no, I am walking in the ways of the Spirit. I am walking. And you know you keep doing it, the voice will begin to die down. These two forces will work. The Bible warns us, you're not going mad when it happens to you. You are not failing. You don't need to feel ashamed because of these two forces going against each other. The Bible says it'll happen. But the promise is that the Spirit has put desires in you that are opposite to those of the flesh through Jesus we are free the flesh doesn't want that the flesh is going to tell you you'll never be free of that if people really knew that about you you honestly think you honestly think this is going to change for you the spirit of God says yeah it is Because you're free through Jesus and what he did on the cross. Just like we talked about nailing it, not carrying it any longer, not carrying guilt, not carrying shame, not carrying addictions, all those things that were put on the cross this morning. Listen to the voice of the Spirit. You know, I know, I know when I am veering and I'm doing something and I shouldn't be doing it. That prompting, that feeling inside where it's like, stop it. Stop it. Don't do it. At that point, choose to walk in the spirit. Choose to walk in that. You know, a godly spirit-filled life comes from foundations that we lay in our lives. When we build a house, the foundations have to be right. I remember when Barry was building a conservatory for us and it was a really large conservatory and I'd look out the, the, the window at him, digging the footings and digging the footings. And then the foundations went in. And he couldn't miss one ingredient out of the foundation, the, the mix of the foundation, because it would have been wrong. And then the foundation would have been shaky. And I don't know about you, but I've had times in my life where, you know, there's some pictures coming up, if Tracy's got them, of, of houses that have been built on a wrong foundation. And what goes wrong these are these are actually true because the foundations weren't laid right, all the ingredients weren't there when they started to dig the foundations. There were some things that needed to be dealt with in that soil that they didn't deal with. They just thought, I'll whack the concrete in and we'll hope for the best. It's okay that we have things to deal with. That's all right, but let's get them dealt with, with the truth of the word, by walking in the spirit. That we're forgiven of everything, that we're free of everything. And the Spirit gives us godly desires that all we need to do is walk in, is walk in. I don't know whether anybody else your life has felt like that, that you feel like the cracks are starting to appear, that you feel like you're sinking, that you feel like the subsidence and one side is going down and one side of you is keeping going. And I have been there many, many times when I felt that that is happening in my life. But whatever comes our way, we will rise and fall fall dependent on the foundations we have laid in our lives. If the foundations that I have laid in my life are based on things that I see on the TV, if the foundations that I lay on my life lay down in my life are based on a 10% with God and 90% with Coronation Street, or a 20% with God and 80% Facebook, or with God, and my math is getting a bit like, whoa, 70, isn't it? 70% criticism. My foundation isn't going to be able to sustain. It's not going to be able to sustain. And, you know, maybe today you've never thought about this side of discipline and laying good foundations in your life. Have your moment. God is face to face with you, and he's saying, I've got you here Because I want you to hear what I'm saying. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Maybe you've been a Christian for years and you're like, oh, I get all about all the foundations. We're going to look at them in a minute. I get all that. What about when you extend a house and you have to dig again? What about where there's expansion and more footings need to be dug and new foundations need to be laid? We are always expanding with God. Do you know the plan for our life will not end till the day we die and meet him face to face? So this that God is saying to us today is assess your foundations. Assess, like, I mean, Tony were talking, the thing is when you're doing the preach, you like, you go through it all before. And God's been saying to me, Vicky, assess your foundations. How are your foundations? That's great. You've been saved how many years? But actually, what about when I want you to expand in an area? You need to dig, a, you need to dig again. And you need to make sure that the balance of the foundations that you are laying and the mixture that is needed for your life and the call that I have for you is right. Because if not, you're going to crack. And if not, you're going to sink on one side. And if not, you're going to go under. Because whether we rise or fall is dependent on the foundations that we have laid in our lives. And God is saying to us this afternoon, assess your foundation. Foundations are crucial to our future. We lay foundations through vision. Having a vision. Rachel told me something the other day that she'd actually got from spending time with Pastor Tina. And and she said this about the Jewish wedding. And she said that um, when uh, a man proposes to a woman in the Jewish faith, then the man leaves the fiancé and he goes away and he prepares a place for her that's either better, either the same standard or a better standard. And he returns in about a year. Yeah. And Rachel was saying, imagine the anticipation when the year comes of the girl that's waiting, imagine that. Is that him? Is that his car coming up the road? Is he coming? Is he here yet? The excitement and the anticipation in her waiting for him to arrive. We need to have that excitement and that anticipation for what God is calling us to, for the plan that he has for us. Oh my gosh, this is what God, God, I don't even understand the plans that you've got for me, but I know they're exciting. And I'm going to start laying foundations because when the building starts to happen, I'm going to make sure I'm steadfast. I'm going to make sure that when the storms hit, because they will, I'm going to be immovable. I'm going to be unshakable because I'm going to make sure that the foundations in my life are critical, uh, uh, because they're critical to my future, and the foundations are laid through vision. As that, that man goes away to prepare, that woman is preparing for his return, because she's got a vision of a wedding day. She's got a vision of him coming back. She's got a vision of what her future's going to look like, and vision motivates us to discipline. It motivates us to, for what we need for the journey up ahead of us. Don't look on at what others have and wish you were like them. Oh, I wish I was like that. You see, wishing gets us nowhere. I sometimes hear myself say the word wish, not very often. And I, I cringe when I say it because it's almost like sometimes in your vocabulary. And I don't actually wish for anything. I don't, I don't look on and want to be like that person. Or, but maybe sometimes with our Charlotte, I'll pick it up when she says it as she's little. Oh, I wish Oh, a wish. We don't need to wish. Wishing gets us nowhere. We just need to be in tune with the Spirit of God on our lives and walk in the Spirit, knowing with all certainty that God of all creation has mapped out a most amazing plan for our lives and be focused on the foundation setting for that to happen. You know, an Olympic skier doesn't just arrive on the slopes, He's been intentional about the foundation he's gonna lay because he's got his eye on the gold medal. And here's the thing when he's in the Olympics and he's got his gold medal, he's going for the next one. He's still intentional about the discipline that he needs in his life. What is our spiritual discipline like? Is it I'll do it tomorrow? It'd be alright if I miss it today. I'll do it tomorrow it will be okay. Or is there a determination for us to change and progress? In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 29, this is how straightforward God makes it. Jesus is speaking. And it says, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. So we might be thinking, well, I don't even know how to lay foundations in my life. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, says Jesus. First thing, do you own a Bible? Second, Do you open your Bible? Even if you never have, and you start today and say, I'm going to give 10 minutes a day to opening my Bible and reading. Because whatever we encounter in life, the answers are always in the book, they're always there. And Jesus is saying, if you listen to them, if you read them and follow them, you're going to be wise. Your life isn't going to collapse. You're not going to have subsidence. You're not going to have cracks because your foundation is going to be me. And your foundation is going to be my teachings and it's going to be in you. And you're going to stand on them. So when you're making a decision about relationships, you'll be able to go, it's okay, I know what. I know what the teachings are about that. I'm going to stand on them. When you're making a decision about finance, you'll be like, okay, I know that. And I'm going to stand. And your life won't collapse. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it it, is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, because they will, it will collapse with a mighty crash. What is said about the way we conduct our lives in the Bible? What is said about the decisions we need to make in the Bible? What is said about when we go through deep waters, when we walk through the fire? He says, I'll be with you. Keep on going. Anyone who knows his teachings and follows it is wise, and your life and my life will not collapse. Today, God is speaking to us with real authority and saying, assess your foundations Assess that your foundations are not rocky and built on things that are transient and built on fleshly things and built on things that this world is is throwing at you for a quick fix solution to make you feel better. Today, God is speaking to us with real authority, as is his right to do so. And saying, I have put godly desires in you. Walk them out. Follow my teachings the key factors to spiritual discipline to narrow them down, if you're taking notes, I would say is this. Reading the Bible. Through reading the Bible, we call it the Word of God because it's his words, brings wisdom. It brings wisdom. Prayer. Prayer is relational. I'm not just about on about a prayer when we throw one up when we need help. I'm on about like the Lord's Prayer, where first of all in that prayer we honor him, don't we? And then we start to say, God, what can we do for you? Show me, God, what is it you want me to do for you? And then we start to tell him what our requests are and what our needs are. It's a relational prayer. Worship is thankfulness and honor. Fellowship, community with God's people. Community with good people. Community of people who are going to speak positive into your life and you're going to speak positive into my life. Serving, giving back, giving back, always giving back out of what God's given us. Building the church because God loves the church. Building each other because God loves us. Service. And then this, the gathering together. We call it the church, coming to church. The church is the people. The ecclesia is the gathering, the gathering, when we gather together, laying the foundations for all that is to come. You might have to dig harder, and you might have to push harder than you've ever pushed before, but I promise you this with the right ingredients, with the word of God, with relational prayer, with worship, with service, with fellowship, with gathering together. The foundations are set to hold all that is to come. Following his teachings, being wise is building your life on a rock. And you won't crumble and you won't fall. You know, sometimes as we dig, we discover something and extra reinforcements are needed. The other day I was digging again. (laughs) Oh, really, God was showing me something. And I needed reinforcements. And I had to go and be with somebody who could speak into my life. And I had to dig again. (laughs) And sometimes it costs. And that's why I'm saying don't ever look at what someone else is doing and where someone else is at because you don't know the cost you don't know the cost the price that they've had to pay to be doing what they're doing for god be determined to do it for your own life and if you start to uncover things you think "No, i need some extra support here Find somebody godly. Look around the church. Find someone godly who you know can speak speak into your life and support you. Bring in the extra reinforcements. That's why being together is important. But let's not read the Bible and be people who are classed as foolish because we choose to do the opposite to his teaching. Self-discipline is because we realize who we are in Christ, that we are overcomers, And that the future is oh so bright. And all those things that we put into place is to make sure our foundation is deep, is sturdy, and that we're rooted in Christ. Amen. Amen.